I hope you're doing well. My name is Todd. I'm the lead pastor. This is Cody, your student pastor, and uh, glad to have Hello. Cody here with me today. For those of you who maybe uh, it's your first time or you haven't been in a while, you're in for a treat today because it's a lot different than normal today. Uh, we are in a series called um, This Is My Family, and uh, we are just very excited about all that's been happening um, in our families and, and particularly with our students. Cody, just give us a quick update on how it's going with the students, man. Um, yeah, it's been awesome. God has been doing crazy things through our students. Uh, we've been kind of having an average between 60 to 70 kids consistently at um, youth group on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Um, our leaders, I'm excited about our leaders. We uh, have awesome leaders. Uh, Meredith, who you just saw up here, she's helping out with music, her and her husband. And um, it's just, I, I can't go into all the detail. So if you want to know more about our students, by all means, grab me and say, hey, what's going on with students? Uh, I, I love bragging about our kids. Uh, God's just doing amazing things. It's awesome. And I love seeing our students in worship. And there's little pockets of you guys all over the place down here in the cafe. Right there. That's um, awesome. It's really exciting to see our students engaged, isn't it, parents? Isn't that awesome? So we're very excited that you guys are engaged in worship. And, uh, they make neat. me so proud. They make you proud. You're like a proud dad. Uh, um, we are in this series, uh, obviously called This Is My Family. And it's been interesting because what we have been doing in this series is really going to God's Word to define what the family is supposed to look like. From God's Word, what is God's design for marriage, and just for those of you who maybe haven't been here, or um, you know, maybe maybe fell asleep in my message last week or something like that, we want to get you up to speed. Um, so in week one, uh, we began with defining what the Bible says about a family, and we discussed that a family is from the Bible is really uh, a mom and a dad and children, one woman, one man in a marriage uh, with children. And that's God's design. And we talked about the fact that while that may be God's design, oftentimes with divorce rates that are 50% or more, oftentimes that's not really our current circumstance. So we have God's design on one hand and we have our current circumstance on the other. And so throughout this whole series, one of the themes that we've been talking about is the thing that balances God's design and our current circumstance, really in every area of life, but in particular we've been talking about in marriage and family, is God's grace. God's grace is what will give you the balance between what God's design, his intent for you was, and maybe what your current circumstance is. Now we defined that a little bit more last week, and we talked about the fact that this grace that we talk about is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. God's grace isn't going to pull you out of the circumstances that you're in, and you get off scot-free. Um, whether what the, rather, uh, if the circumstances that you're in were forced upon you by someone else, or whether you were complicit in creating the circumstance that you're currently in, God's grace will get you through the circumstance. Just like his saving grace was enough to send his one and only son to this earth to die for our sins, and if we accept Jesus Christ as our personal savior, we can have eternal life in heaven with God. That's his saving grace. His grace on this side of heaven will allow us to be able to persevere through whatever situation we're in. And so we talked about that in week one and week two, specifically in week two last week, we talked about the fact that there are biblical roles for moms and biblical roles for dads, and that there are roles that the Bible discusses and the Bible talks about, and that's God's design. 
uh, kids we talked about and students we talked about that your responsibility, your role or your practice as we talked about, we talked about it in terms of practice, is to honor and obey your parents. And so we talked about how parents are supposed to discipline and love and care for. But the family, I want you to hear this, moms and dads, the family as God designed it was to be a place where faith in God through Jesus Christ can be expressed. And so we kind of are going to dig a little further today. And today's different in a lot of different circumstances, a lot of different ways. Um, number one, we're going to speak to two groups of people in here. We're going to speak to those of you who maybe grew up in or are currently growing up in um, a blended family. And we're going to speak to those of you who are blended parents. Maybe you're in a family circumstance right now where it's blended, or maybe you're heading towards that circumstance right now. And so we're going to try to find from God's word what he has to say to you. The second group of people that we're going to talk to today that Cody's going to talk specifically towards is those of you who are single parents or maybe perhaps about ready to be single parents. And we want to take a whole day. We felt compelled as we uh, prayed through this series that we needed to have one day where we specifically focus on these groups of people because here's the facts the divorce rate even among Christians is 50% or higher and that means half of this room or more is either already affected by this or you're going to be affected by it very soon and so my encouragement to you today if you're in that situation and maybe this is painful my encouragement to you today is to resist the temptation to check out, resist the temptation to get angry, resist the temptation to get mad or bitter, because God's grace will get you through the circumstance that you're facing. If you have your notes, you can grab your notes. We're going to be hitting those in a moment. If you don't have them, um, you can access our website. You can go to hiltonheadislandcc.org slash message dash notes, and you can access those notes from there, or if you are an iPhone person, if you're an Apple or Mac person, um, you can download our app. We had an Android person very upset with me earlier. I said, this isn't an Android church. It's a Mac church. Yeah. There's plenty of Android really... churches they can go around to. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Anyway, uh, enough of that. I want to introduce a couple people to you. We've asked some folks to help us this morning, and the first group is Jill Dow Dowler and Dory Fitzhugh. Come on up, Jill and Dory, and as they do, why don't you give them a round of applause this morning. Jill, welcome to the stage. Dory, how you doing this morning? Good. All right. They've done this once, so it gets a lot more comfortable the second time around, doesn't it? Yes. yes. <laughs> Dr. Phil, oh yeah, far from it. Um, we're glad that you guys are here today, and I've asked them to share a little bit about um, what it's like being a part of a blended family, and so I've asked Jill, now Larry couldn't be here today because he's sick, and you wanted him to stay away and his germs to stay away, Correct. and we're very thankful that yeah. you encouraged him on that, so, and we're thankful that he listened to his wife yeah, on that. Does, <laughs> yeah, well. uh, so, um, why don't you share, Jill, a little bit about y'all's um, story and uh, how you ended up in this place and, and uh, what God has done and is doing kind of in your family life here. Okay. Uh, Larry and I have been married about 15 years, and when we got married, I had three children. They were four, five, and six, and uh, he did not have any children, so he jumped in with both feet and... Uh, when you ask him how it was to enter a blended family, he said that he really doesn't know the difference between raising kids and what was a blended family. Um, 
he says it was just all, you know, the same. He just jumped in and um, just was kind of learning day by day. So as far as blended family, he didn't really realize that we were blending. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess traditionally a blended family you'd think of as a man and a woman each having their own children and coming together in a marriage. But um, ours is a little different. So we moved to the island um, with him. The children and I packed up and moved um, 13 year, 14 years ago, I guess. He took a job here first, and then we followed him a few months later. So, And here we are today. We're still married. <laughs> and uh, we now have a five-year-old in the mix. So, Blended and added, yes. too. Blended and yes. added, yes. Little Lillian, who is as cute as she can be. So, um, Dory, how you doing down there, Dory? Good. You doing all right? You yeah. were you were six. Is that right? You were uh, four years old at the time. When so they married, I was when four. Married, but when they met, four. I was three. Yeah. Okay. Got so. it. When they met, you were three. Um, tell us um, what were some of your greatest struggles um, in terms of you know the the family dynamic and um, you know kind of the ins and outs of figuring out how to raise a family all of a sudden together as a husband and wife. Um, trying to do it God's design and, and that sort of thing? Well, that was difficult because we, we had different ideas of, um, I guess, how the household was going to run. I, being a single parent, I had my ideas of discipline and finances and religion, and um, he had his. So when we came together, we had to find a middle ground to raise the children um, and I guess our biggest challenge was, uh, one of them was religion. He was Catholic, and I grew up Baptist, and we had, you know, different ideas about how we thought they should be brought up. And so I guess we, um, we compromised in that way. We decided to take a class called Growing Kids God's Way that was here on the island. Uh, that helped us a lot because it touched on... Um, blended families and, and how to come together and raise children and for step parents, it gave him a lot of um, good tips on how to handle discipline coming into a family with children. Um, so that was one thing that uh, we had a meeting of the minds is we knew we wanted to raise our children in a Christian family. So um, it wasn't always easy. We, uh, we decided on a church, um, took classes, um, Anything that was available, any resources to us, the, our church offered classes um, throughout the years about parenting and um, raising children and, and even our marriage, enriching our marriage. We took advantage of taking classes and trying to throw that in the mix, too. So. That's great. That's great. What were the challenges from the kid perspective, Dory? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about um, that. Well, for me, it wasn't really a challenge at all. I mean, I was really young, like three years old, so... Him being my father figure is really all I've known. Mm -hmm. And to me, it was kind of a blessing because coming into a family where there's three kids, it's pretty difficult. But it, him taking that on really, like, shows his love for my mom, mm -hmm. which really made us happy. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. neat. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. you, um, you guys have, obviously, 15 years now. Um, you know, you have three, three kids. You've got Devin. And Kelsey, right? Is that right? And then Dory. The and most then important one right here. <laughs> the most important one right there. The <laughs> Core story. Here, so. <laughs> the others aren't here. They'll, they'll listen to this podcast, okay? I just, you know, you got that to deal with. So at some point, Tom. Um, but uh, you guys have obviously had some successes in this. Obviously, 
there were struggles trying to figure things out. What were some of your successes? What were some of the things that you did that you would consider successful? I think introducing our children to the Lord and that our, our, the foundation we were going to lay for our family was that we were going to raise them in church and be a Christian family. Um, and the fact that they have a mother and father that love them, even though coming from you know, the ad adversity, um, I think that that's been a huge success is that I feel like I have a nuclear family. I, you know, it doesn't seem blended to me, I guess, because it's, you know, what I've lived with. But um, I think that that was, that's the biggest success is that they're happy. Sure. They have a, a great Christian foundation. Um, and that they're just, you know, beautiful family. I feel yeah. like we, you know, that's the way it was supposed to be mm. in my mind. Yeah, you <laughs> blended well. Yeah. What advice, because, I mean, a lot of folks are, are maybe facing this right now um, or going through this right now or may, maybe facing it in the future um, or maybe struggling with blending their families. What, what advice would you give? And then I'm going to ask you the same question, Dory, about advice you would give. I think I wish um, counseling was available or we would have thought of counseling like you do when you're getting married. The pastor counsels you. Um, I wish we would have done that because we didn't know that there would be the struggles um, ahead. And I wish that we would have sought that out. And, um, it, you know, there's, there's sometimes a bad stigma associated with counseling, but I think it's always great to have an unbiased opinion and somebody, um, you can read all you want on the internet and books, but mm. I think somebody in front of you to listen to your fears and struggles, even for the kids, whether it would have been as a group or, you know, separate. They don't always want to express their concerns in front of their parents. So I think Teenagers? counseling. Really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I just think counseling would have, um, if you can do that, that would be a, a good place to start so that mm -hmm. everybody has a chance with an unbiased person to express their concerns and questions and mm. um I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I do think, I, I think you're right, Jill, that there's, in, especially in maybe in the church or in kind of, you know, Christian, Christianity, um, there's, a, there's a bad stigma um, with counseling, but, but um, Proverbs says that there's safety in wise counsel, um, that there's safety. Isn't that interesting that he uses that word? There's safety, and I, I know uh, as a parent, and we'll be talking about this in a few weeks, and Cynthia and I are going to be talking next week. Um, as a parent, there are times when you don't feel safe. You don't feel like uh, maybe you have the right answer or all the answers or figuring out a particular situation. There's safety in counsel, and we're privileged on Hilton Head to have quite a few good godly counselors. So I'm glad that you mentioned that as a piece of advice. I think that's smart. Tell us what your <laughs> advice would be, Dory. You've waited patiently over there. Tell us for students and kids what advice um, you would give. From the child perspective of being in a blended family um, or having a step parent, usually there's a bitterness towards that person coming into the family as, you know, like they're taking away from your other parent or they're trying to come into your family and take over, I guess. But for me, Larry coming into our lives was a blessing in itself because, I mean, it's taking on three kids also, again, shows how much he really loves my mom enough to take on 
something so challenging as that. Mm. So good. just keep an open mind. <laughs> keep an open mind. Resist yeah. becoming bitter. I mm -hmm. like that. That's yeah. very good. You know, and the other thing that I just want to point out is um, you, you've heard a lot of success in their story. Um, some of you may not be experiencing that success, but I think their story ought to bring you hope that there is success. I'm sure there were times of despair before you met Larry. Um, and so there is hope uh, with God's grace to get through this. And so, Jill, Dory, thank you guys so You're much welcome. for being up here. Why don't you give them another round of applause? Thank you, sweetie. Appreciate that very much. Take a look at your notes this morning. Just want to hit a couple things. And these are um, really kind of a summary of um, some things that, as Cody and I were preparing for today's message, that we've experienced in uh, counseling uh, as we counsel people as pastors, which I just want to say this about counseling because Jill brought it up. There's safety and wise counsel. Um, Cody and myself being the pastors on staff, um, we're available to counsel, but I will say this. We are not professional counselors, and we can help with um, kind of navigating life from a biblical perspective. That's the kind of counseling that we can give. But there are times and there are circumstances when you need a professional Christian counselor, and we're more than happy to help you find someone that meets your needs. These Three tips or three pieces of advice are rooted in scripture, but they're also kind of a uh, combination of some things that Cody and I have been coming up with. First of all, teaching house rules for blended families. Number one, be aware of a biological parent that may try to control or undermine what goes on in your blended home. For many of you, being a part of a blended family means that um, you are trying, maybe for a second time, um, to do things according to God's design. And you're looking to scripture. You're seeking godly counsel and advice. You're trying as best you can to make uh, those values be based on God's word. And you have to just be careful and be aaware of the other parent, kind of the ex-parent you know, parent there trying to control or undermine what goes on in your blended family. The, the picture that I want to give you today is of the sheriff, and I've used that before. Um, Cynthia and I talk a lot, a lot about dad being the sheriff, but moms and dads, you can be the sheriff. And the sheriff of the family makes sure that stuff that's coming in from the outside goes through them first. And so my encouragement, my counsel is to be attentive to activities, to events, to moods, to things that are going on in the new blended family. And make sure that you're protecting, not just from an ex-spouse that might be trying to influence negatively, but other outside influences that might cause disruption in what you are trying to accomplish with God's design in your family. Seek counsel, even if it's legal counsel, to um, make sure that you're doing the right things and putting the right things in place to be able to be the sheriff and to be able to make sure that what goes on in your new home is godly and is God's design and is not undermined. Secondly, the second piece of advice this morning is don't give up if a stepchild rejects you. Don't give up if a stepchild rejects you. Over and over and again, um, Cody and I have seen and other counselors have seen where a blended family comes together and there's animosity. Dory kind of talked about that. There might be animosity from one or more of the kids. Uh, my encouragement to you is if you are uh, one of those parents and you're trying to make this work, be persistent with the new family dynamics. 
the new kids, the stepkids, are going to want to see you persevere with them. You're going to face rejection. There are going to be times when they reject you. They don't like what you're saying. They don't like what you're doing. Be persistent with them. Let them know you love them. Let them know that you care just as much as you care about your own biological children coming into the family. And ask God to work on their hearts. Jesus received a tremendous amount of rejection from some of the men who loved him the most, didn't he? Even his disciples rejected him many at different points in time in their lives. And so be persistent in terms of when those kids, when those stepchildren reject you. They will come around if you ask for God's help in the matter. Thirdly, treat stepchildren, this kind of goes along with that one, the same as you would your own biological children in every area. Treat your stepchildren just like you would yours. Part of the success of the Dowlers and the Fitzhugh story here is that Larry came in and treated all of you guys just like he did, just like they were his kids. And so we see this again time and time again where a parent has trouble accepting or treating the stepchildren like their own. And so my encouragement and my challenge is to treat the stepchildren the same as you would your own biological children. Don't ignore your children, but maybe spend a little more time getting to know the stepchildren in that situation. So we've talked about blended families. I'm going to ask Cody to speak a little more towards the single parent, because there are a lot of you who are single parents. There are some of you who may become single parents. And I want to just pause before we kind of dive in and say that some of you might be shocked that you're going to be in a situation that you're in. For some of you, it's going to be forced upon you. And our job as a church is to come around and support you and pray for you. But we also can give you kind of biblical guidelines to help you. And that's what this next segment's about. Cody, tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, uh, when Todd asked me to speak about single, um, single parents, my mom, for the majority of my life, has been a, a single parent in some essence. Uh, one is my father chose to drink and drive, and he uh, got in a car accident, and he's paralyzed. So that was forced upon my mom. Even though they were divorced, she had then had to step into a different role in our lives as um, kind of like the caretaker because my father couldn't take care of me. And, um, and, and I know sometimes when uh, you're in the situation of single parenting or even in divorce, people, I know sometimes I feel like that, uh, that oh, the parents don't love them. My parents love me, um, even though they've been through divorces and we've been through that. And, you know, whether they've been in single parenting roles, they've loved my brothers and I. Um, so, Mom, if you're listening, uh, I love you. Uh, <laughs> nice. Just she'll let me know. Trust me. And, <laughs> and so I it's you know, as a child from a single parent um, family, I want to talk to you a little bit about that about my story but i think there's a better story and we wanted you all to hear from a parent and i asked uh, sheree snyder to come up and kind of talk about her life come on over here with the microphone sheree thank you for being here sheree thank you good morning y'all <laughs> good morning she brightens the day <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not used to being at the second service i'm always at the first service so. <laughs> All new faces. So your coffee just came in, right? It yep. just now clicked. Yeah, All right. I had it kicked in. In between. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, so Sheree, I know um, as as I, as I experienced a little bit from my family, um, the role of single parenting was it wasn't as if 
you just planned it or it just kind of happened yeah. like um, that you were like, oh, one day I'm going to do this. Um, but it was kind of forced upon you. So can you tell us just a little bit yeah. about that? Sure. That challenge. In, in my situation, like I said earlier today, this is the last place I thought God would put me is sitting on stage talking to all about being a single parent. Um, my husband and I were very connected in our church. He was a Sunday school director. I sang on the praise team in a very large church. And um, so he became um, involved in an addiction that just we could, my children were potentially in a dangerous situation, so I could not stay there. Um, and um, so, it, like I said, it was just forced upon us. And um, they love their dad, and I, I teach them to love their dad because he's sick. And um, um, anyway. Yeah. Um, what area of parenting do you wish you had the most help in? Um, well, both my children are um, boys, and I'm a girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, my oldest son, both my children are adopted. One is from Romania, and one is from Russia. Um, my oldest son has some learning disabilities, and he stutters, and it's more difficult for him to make friends. And um, I feel, you know, his church friends and the youth have come alongside him, and I appreciate that more than they know. There's men in this church that have come, you know, alongside my older son, who is who I primarily think at this point in our lives needs, you know, a pat on the back sometimes. Scott Norwood, you just don't know. And uh, Cyclone Daniel for my younger child, Cody and Todd, they, they, you know, you don't know what that means because I can't, I can be that, uh, I can try to be that biblical mom that Todd talks about, but I, I really can't be the masculine role, spiritual role model in their life, you know, I need, I need my church family to do that, to help me with that, and, um, and that's why I never skipped a beat through this, we never, went through a period of uh, laying in bed and crying, you know, about what was happening to us. We, we came to church and uh, held our head high because um, God is with us in the low times as well as he is with us in our high points in life. And um, so because of that, <laughs> you know, I think my children know that their mother loves them. Mm -hmm. I feel we're, you know, we are a whole family. We, there, the dad's not there, but we have God as our father, and that's what I've taught my children. And um, and I and I just want to say thank you for those of you who do, mm. you know, help with the um, the youth and and the children in the back because you might not realize um, what um, how you've made yourself available to the Lord, and what lives you're touching. Wow! Wow! Really that's might. great. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't pay her to say that. Yeah, uh, I just want to FYI on that one. Um, <laughs> but I know what I've experienced as a child coming from single parenting. There's, it's not always dark and gloomy. And like you said, you're no. not laying around crying. But what are some successes that you guys have had as a family? Mm. Um, well, you know, God uses things, you know, how he does. 
And uh, I didn't tell the first service this, but my mother had Alzheimer's, and I came to the island to live with her because she needed me. So that happened uh, coincidentally when everything else was happening. So, you know, there were, there were needs met there. My children know and love the Lord. Um, they know when there are storms in their life where they need to turn because they've watched what people in their lives have done, and I'm their main figure, I guess. And, and you know, this is my refuge. The Lord is um, really, really seen me through this, and I do not know how people outside the church go through it. And a lot of people break, and... Um, but um, he's been real good to me, and he's been good to my boys. They want to come here. We pray together, and if I forget to pray, they remind me. <laughs> if we're in a hurry in the morning, you know, and we're on the way to school, and I'm, like, booking it down the road to get there, and they're like, uh, Mom, we haven't prayed yet, you know. That's so, awesome. um, you know, they've made it a part of their life, like brushing their teeth, and that's what I want mm. for them, you know. That's awesome. Will you guys give a round of applause for Sheriff Snyder? <laughs> Thank you so much, Sheriff. Um, wow, I, I don't even know what to say after that one. Uh, we can just kind of close up, right? I, I think uh, the, the points that I think I was calling uh, Todd and I to kind of summarize, it's definitely from Sherry's story and everybody's story here, is I think point one um, is crucial in this. And so if you guys look at your notes, is recognize any anger and bitterness in your heart and deal with it. Um, and then we get that from actually First Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. And it says, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, and a tender heart and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or revealing for revealing. But on the contrary, bless for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and seek good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him speak peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Um, this speaking evil towards one another is actually abusive or insulting talk. Uh, I remember going th when uh, growing up and hearing the parents argue and how they always say, well, it's that person's fault. Or they, there's nothing really good to be said about the other person. Remember that rule? If there's nothing really good to say. Don't say it at all. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Don't repay evil with evil. Mm. Uh, and, and you don't need somebody up here to tell you that. And, mm. But I think God has called us, if we are Christians, Christians, Christ followers, imita imitators of Jesus Christ, then we should seek out his wisdom and what would, in some essence, he would say. Mm. And a great way to deal with bitterness and anger is humility. Humility is thinking of others before yourself. Mm. Jesus thought of you before he thought of himself. Which brings me to my next point. Point two, to the extent that you can keep a peaceful posture with your ex-spouse. We get that from Romans 12, 18. It says, if possible, so far 
as it depends on you, live peacefully with all. And if you're single in here and you're like, man, I don't have a family. I'm not even married. I don't even think about marriage. This is good, though, because there's probably somebody who annoys you and you don't like. <laughs> Scripture says, well, live with peace, with all, not just your church friends or your life group or, or your, you know, work out in the gym buddies. No, it's all. And also in Ephesians 4.32, it says, be kind to one another. A great word study, if you, you know, if you want to do a word study, look up one another and see how many times Scripture says love one another. Mm-hmm. So if you're single, again, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave us. And I know, I don't know everybody's story in here. And there's a he did, she did, he said, she said story, and, and I'm sorry. But here's what I do now. If you want bitterness out of your heart, if you want anger to be gone, it starts with forgiveness. It starts with forgiving that person. It starts forgiving yourself. And, you, and I know you can do that through the Spirit of God because at your worst, God forgave you. And you are to be the imitator of Christ. You can forgive because at your worst, God forgave you. Which brings me up to my third point, is create a game plan and accomplish priority parenting as a single parent. I love Sheree when she said, my priority in my house was for my kids to know the Lord. That's priority parenting. You, she even said, I can accomplish all of it. I'm a woman, she's a guy. I mean, I'm, yeah, the kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a woman, they're boys. I can't fully understand or even try to attempt to teach them some things. But she says there was one priority in my household is they know the Lord. Priority, parenting. We get that from Philippians 3, 13 through 15. It says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it with my with my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if anything think you think otherwise, God will reveal. Press on. Again, it starts with forgiveness. Paul says, I don't look behind me, I race forward. He's talking about a Greek uh, marathon runner as I run, run towards the goal. Priority parenting, what is your priorities in your home? What is the priorities in your life? Run there. And he says, I don't look back. Paul persecuted the church. He killed people. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm not going to let my past determine my future. Don't let your past mistakes determine where you or your family goes. What is your priority? What is the goal you would want? And I 
would love for you all to be praying in that spirit of forgiving, moving on. Because there is success when you forgive and you move on. And Todd is going to land the plane with the bottom line with our current situations. I think one thing that I, I just want to point out as we close today is that it's our purpose here um, not to glorify a, a family that has been broken because of divorce or some other reason. We're going to be talking about that next week. Um, our job is to help you understand that God's grace is sufficient. And so I want to leave you with two key thoughts. Those of you who are part of a blended family, those of you who are single parents or maybe you're going to become single parents, key thoughts for non-nuclear families. First of all, Jesus did not come from a nuclear family. Did you know that? Jesus did not come from a nuclear family. Joseph was essentially Jesus' adopted earthly dad. Matthew 1 tells us that now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together. We know what that means, right? Okay, She was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus didn't come from a nuclear family as we've described it in this series. Isn't that interesting? That's not to glorify non-nuclear families. His father was God. He's got it better than all of us. He was the son of God. You know what? You can take hope in that. You can take solace in that if you're in that situation. Jesus didn't come from a nuclear family. Secondly, when you have uncertainty about your family situation, have confidence that God's grace will see you through each day. I want you to listen this morning. The Apostle Paul, and this is how I'm going to end this morning. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the church at Corinth, said this about weakness. And I know that there are some of you out there who are going through this situation right now that you feel incredibly weak, that you feel uh, that there's terrible uncertainty, and maybe even despair. I want you to hear these words from the Apostle Paul from 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. I want you to hear that again. Jesus' grace, God's grace, is sufficient for you. He says, my power is made perfect in weakness. So the next time you're weak, mom or dad or student, a child in a blended family, know that God's grace will see you through it and that his power is made perfect in your weakness. And then he says this, therefore I boast all the more gladly of my weakness. That's Paul saying that. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You see, we don't want to glorify anything other than God's design. But when you're in a current circumstance or current situation where it's not God's design, know that you can glorify and you can receive glory from him. You can glorify God in your current circumstances if you allow God's grace to see you through those circumstances. Will you pray with me this morning? Father God, in the strong name of Jesus, I just want to pray for those who are in here today who are in a blended family. I want to pray for those parents who are single parents. God, I pray that your grace would be sufficient for them. God, it is not easy 
as we've just heard. There are difficult circumstances. There are difficult seasons. Sometimes it feels like they're in great despair. Father God, I pray that you would be the God of order and of peace and of forgiveness and of grace in those situations. And God, I pray that you would be with those parents who are facing this right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would allow them to understand that your grace is sufficient for them. Help them through it, God. Help them to understand that they're not going to be plucked out of it, but that they have a God whose grace is sufficient. And Father God, I pray for those who are in here today who um, their family uh, is nuclear. Um, it is what you designed. God, I pray that they would do everything in their power as we've described these last few weeks to keep it that way. God, I pray that you would help us to be absolutely focused on you. And God, for those who are in here today whose family is together and it's your design, but they are teetering on a decision that would make that something different, I pray that they would run, run, run away from that. And they would run toward you. Help us in the times that we're, that we're weak. May your power be made perfect in our weakness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Just a couple things I want to mention this morning that we have going on. First of all, open house tonight is at 6 p.m. We're going to be here. Some of our staff and some other folks want to encourage you, if you're new to the church, if you're new to Hilton and Island Community Church, be here. But you have to let us know. Please let us know. So go to the guest service uh, area in the back. Susan's back there. She can get you signed up for the open house tonight. We'd love to have you uh, here at open house tonight. We have a, parent, we have a teen parent workshop. Cynthia mentioned it at the beginning. Um, to be quite honest, when she said that we are going to be there because we have a preteen in our house, I kind of felt a little old, but that's all right. So it's going to come up on October 12th with Do uh, Dr. Diane Pierce Saturday night, 630. And again, please register for that. We've got child care provided for that. You can register up at guest services as well. If you are part of the Hilton Head Island Community Church family, I want to encourage you to give on your way out. Why don't you stand up this morning? I want to thank you all for being here this morning. And thank you for, if you're a first-time guest, I know this is vastly different than maybe a church experience you've had in the past. It was for us too. Uh, but we felt compelled to do this. We felt like God was leading us to do this today, to speak to specific groups. Next week, you get to hear from myself and Cynthia as we talk a little bit about marriage. And um, so anyway, we're looking forward to that. And then in, uh, the week after that, Dr. Diane Pierce. <laughs> we had an interesting... Evening in our house, because I'm a Georgia Bulldog, and my wife is an LSU Tiger. And she even brought her parents in to support LSU. So I had a good night. Go dogs. Okay, so anyway, thank you all for being here. May God's grace be with you this week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. See you next Sunday, everyone. So